Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space here on West Limerick 102. My name is Lorraine Buckley, joined in studio this morning by two wonderful people and great friends. Firstly, let me turn to Anne Keeley. Good morning, Anne. Morning, Lorraine. How are you today? Good, good. Good, great to see you. By the way, for our listeners who can't see Anne, Anne has a new hairdo, and it is gorgeous. Suits are down to the ground. <laughs> so, keep an eye out for that around Arda over the next couple of weeks. And we have, of course, John Keeley in studio. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? Great. I have a feeling Anne's going to kill me once we stop speaking, though. Uh, I'll tell you now, I must admit it's a beautiful hairstyle. Isn't it lovely? Good morning, dear listeners. Uh, good morning to you wherever you are this morning. We know we have listeners all over parts of Tip and Kerry and Limerick and Clare. Wherever you are, if you're listening in the kitchen or maybe on the way to Mass or on the way home or you're maybe listening to us on our podcast, which is available on sacredspace102.blogspot.ie. Maybe you're listening to our repeat program, which goes out every Sunday evening at 11 p.m. Wherever you are, you are more than welcome to listen to us this morning and to join us in this sacred hour. At the start of the program, Anne lit a little candle for us to remind us that wherever we are, we are joined together. Remember, Jesus told us wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he is there amongst us. So he is with us this morning. As usual, the presentation of the program will include our gospel reflection. John, we have a very special part one of an interview in our second part of the program. That's right. Uh, last October, um, I visited the Charismatic Conference there in Limerick in Dorodile. Met two lovely people who I've met now for the last two years, um, people by the name of Ed and Fiona Collins. Ed wrote a book and wrote a book on historian faith. It's entitled The Heart of Love. So I said, Ed, would you mind talking to us about it? So we've got 74 minutes. I couldn't cut it. It was so good. <laughs> so we, we, we are going to play the first bit this week, uh, 38 minutes, and then the final part next week. It's well worth listening to. A really exercise in faith. Fantastic. I really look forward to listening to that. Of course, we'll also have our Saints for the week. As Shane says, we have a couple of heavy hitters coming up this week. And we have our local notices as well. If you would like to contact us, uh, you can contact the station here during the week at 069-66200. You can email john, sacredspace102 at gmail.com. You can indeed write to us. We love receiving your letters. You can write to us at sacredspace at westlimerick102 radio, Sheehan's Road, Newcastle West. Again, thank you for all of you who have been in touch and have been very supportive. If you have any comments about the program or possible programs you'd like to hear us do, or indeed if you'd like to join us in studio, you would be more than welcome. Of course, at the start of the program, we always do have a little prayer space. And of course, this week's gospel is focusing very much on Jesus as the light, the light Mm. in the darkness. Mm. So this morning... If you're experiencing any darkness, whatever it might be, it might be an illness, it might be a serious illness, something like cancer, it might be suicidal thoughts or it might be depression, it might be a lost job, it might just be anxiety, maybe you're worried about money, maybe you're worried about your children or anything else, whatever is weighing on your mind, Jesus wants to tell us this morning that he is the light that he will come in and enlighten your world. So we invite you to entrust your cares to the Lord this morning. He he is there, he loves you, and he wants to help you. So before we play a beautiful Taze piece of music, I'm going to invite Anne to pray our spiritual communion prayer. 
My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul since I now can't receive you sacramentally. Come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Amen. John, what's our first piece of music, please? The first bit of music, I think, it, it, it really sums up the whole program today. It's a bit of Taisy, as you said, from their album Laudate, and this one is entitled The Lord is My Light. I say this. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. Okay, so welcome back again to Sacred Space and thank you very much for joining us this morning. Uh, as I said, um, I'm out and about again. This time I'm visiting the Limerick Charismatic Conference here in Limerick, um, held in October. It's actually in October every year. I'm joined uh, today by um, my wife Anne and Geraldine Creighton. Thank you, Geraldine, for facilitating us this morning. Um, but Geraldine, uh, I was at the Charismatic Conference here last year and heard the story of two wonderful people. And I said to Geraldine, no, it'd be great if we could get their story and, and record and all the rest of it. So, lucky enough, I've got them back again here. I'd like to welcome to the programme Fiona Collins. Good morning, John. And Ed Collins. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. All the way from... Belfast. Belfast. So That's one right. would wonder why you people from Belfast are down here, but that'll come. To, we'll come to that story in a minute. A little bit about your background uh, in terms of your faith, Fiona. 
Well, I am the eldest of six children. Okay. As I said, I was born in Belfast. Okay. My family were practicing, and when I say practicing, I mean we went to Mass on Sunday. Okay. We also went to confession occasionally, mm. but I wouldn't say that I had a very strong faith. I would say that I had no personal relationship with God. It was more a mechanical process. But you went to Mass every Sunday? Yes. Went to confession went to every now and again? Sunday. Like most probably people been brought up at that particular time. That's right, and okay. I was probably searching all along, although at the time I For yourself. didn't know it. Okay. Yes. Ed, yourself? I was You're... born in Belfast as well, John, mm-hmm. in um, North Belfast, grew up during the Troubles. Okay. Um, my parents were very, very strong in their faith, all right. and it was a great gift that they were able to pass that faith on to me. When you say strong now, Ed, you know, how do, how, how do you mean? Well, you know, when bullets are flying... Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, you're getting the message. And your mum and dad are sitting saying the rosary and they say, come on, children, there were six of yeah. us in the family. Yeah. Okay, six as well. So six yeah, in both the families. Right. Okay, six right. Uh, so you could see that even during the Troubles, their calmness and the faith that they had... Beautiful. ...just... We, we, we took that on board. Okay. So we did, you know, I mean, I can still remember kneeling down with my parents, brothers and sisters, and there were gun battles going on outside, and we were saying the rosary, and I was mm. actually yawning during the rosary, and I was born, but yeah. I still have that memory. Yeah. And you kind of like felt safe. Mm. Parents had the great faith that they passed. Is there a, so a wonderful gift to have, to have parents to pass on the faith uh-huh. like that? As you grew up then, I mean, these, these would have been the early years, you know, ch- your, yeah. your childhood years. As you grew on then, maybe into teenage years and into, into your youth? Well, again, I went to a school called St. Malachy's. Mm-hmm. It was a Catholic school. They had mass every day. They had retreats. Okay. So, again, you had that support even growing up mm. um, in your student years. And then I went to teacher training college. Again, it was a Catholic teacher mm-hmm. training college. So again, I was guided. Mm. I was guided, as it were, for with all these pillars and encouragements to grow in faith. And and your mates, you know, would they also have been involved, maybe, with their faith as strongly as yourself? Well, I wouldn't say as strong, but um, no, I think for 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 me at that moment. It was myself and God. There was something you know, inside you drawing you. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something deep down inside that I was attracted to, you know. Okay. But I, and I couldn't understand it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't really aware, and mm. I didn't even question, you know, why? Why am I going to mass? Yeah, yeah. Well, why did I love receiving the Eucharist? It was just natural. It was just natural, mm, you know. Mm. And I didn't question it, didn't analyse it, just accepted it, you know. So when other people were going to the pubs for their drinks and all that, mm-hmm. you know, I was, well, you see, well, what made it even better for me as regards faith, you couldn't really go to the pubs without being blown up. Mm. <laughs> okay, so, it was safer so to go to. The, it was safer to go to mass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, no, it, it it was faith growing up during the troubles was 
a support group. And Fiona, did you, your teenage years and youth years in terms of the faith? Not at all, I would say. Not the same no, as that at all? at all. Okay. Even yeah. though I grew up in Belfast, okay. how God can reach you yes, at some yeah, stage in your yeah, life, yeah, even later yeah. on. So, um, as I say, I went to Mass mm. regularly. I never really lost that uh, mechanism yes, or yeah. that routine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I would say I went along happy go luckily mm. didn't think too much about God uh, probably searching in the background all the time without realising it myself yes yeah. but mm. um, no I had a, you know I went through my university years without any real faith I would say okay so you two somewhere along the line you two met that's right tell me the story <laughs> Well, I, I don't even know, John, how to keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> we have loads of space right. here. If we could loads of time. Right? Yeah, loads of time. Fiona was actually 16 and I was 25 whenever we first met. Okay. And I was a teacher in uh, in West Belfast in, in, in a place called Beachmount St. Paul of Primary School. I was 25. Okay. And because of the troubles, the, the parish priest of that area... He wanted to bring, you know, the, the children from that area on a holiday. Mm, mm, mm. And the holiday resort was in a place called Portaferry, which is in the county down coast. Okay. But he needed people to help him to look after the, the children. So he asked some of the teachers from, from our school to help out. Of course we did. But we also needed other leaders. So we had to do a training course mm. in a place called Newcastle. And he, he actually went to Fiona's school, which was uh, St. Dominic's, mm. Road, and asked for St. Vincent de Paul volunteers mm. from, from, from that school. And they went, we went to Newcastle, we did a training course, and I saw this beautiful girl just sitting in the group. <laughs> And we were teaching songs and how to look after kids on holidays and things like that. You mm-hmm. Yeah. And I fell in love. Just like that. Just like that. She was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful curly hair. Okay. Beautiful smile, John, you know. Mm-hmm. But what, I, what really attracted me about Fiona was her love for life, you know, mm-hmm. the smile, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So that summer... We had a, our children's holiday, and anybody that know that's ever worked on a children's holiday knows it's hard work. But we discovered that we actually worked well together. Mm. So we started going out with each other, and whenever Fiona was eighteen, she went to university. Okay. And then she made a discovery that, that, that I, I, I find quite difficult to cope with. She discovered that there were fellows in university who were more handsome than I was. That was a problem. That was a problem. And, and university opened up a whole new horizon for her, you know. So uh, um, I, could see, I could see as time went on, I was falling in love with Fiona more each day and she was falling more in love with her freedom okay mm-hmm. and eventually when Fiona was 20 years old the writing was on the wall because she came to me and she says do you know Evan as part of my university course I've got a chance to go to France for a year 
Uh-oh. And I said, all right, yeah. <laughs> and, and underneath it all, I'm thinking to myself, now, for a year, that means, you know, she'll be away from me for a year. That's not really very loving, so it's not. Oh. But I said, well, what would you like to do? And Fiona says, yeah, I'm going to go for the year to France. So I was actually heartbroken. Yeah. Hmm. And my love flew off to France in September. And I went back to school. And this is when a whole series of coincidences happened that no longer could I put down to coincidence. Mm. And it was all to do with Our Lady Fatima. And you know, to a... This is the 12th of October. Tomorrow will be the 13th of October. Yes. Mm. And, mm. and the 13th mm. of May, 13th of October, yeah, 13th of October. Yeah, when Ed just mentioned there that 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 that, that um, he he was really falling for you. That's right. Your sort of reaction to himself, were you? Well, I fell for Ed too, okay. but I was, as Ed said, full of life. Yeah. I yeah. just started learning French at Queen's University. Okay. And I loved all things French and anything to do with France. And the opportunity to pass up a year in France was just too much. Yes. And well, to be honest, I didn't really look further yes, than yes. the day that that was, that was it. it. So I went off full of the joys of spring, ready to embrace the world and just see what come what may. So And of course you were saying, yeah, this is what has to be, <laughs> says Ed, yeah. Is that right, Eddie? You used to what do you say, John, you have to you have to remember that, or try to picture the scene, there's Fiona away off to France. Uh, My love is now in France. And I'm thinking, oh, she's going to meet some French George Clooney type. Yeah, you know, who speaks French as well, yeah. So I am going back into, into the classroom situation. I've got a pre-4 class, lovely class, uh-huh. and, but I'm really depressed. Okay. You see? And the first thing that happened was, one of the children in my class, at the end of the day, he came up and he said to me, Mr. Collins, my granny was out in Fatima and she got a little prayer card for you. And I, I didn't know anything about Fatima or didn't, didn't know anything about the message of Fatima. Mm-hmm. I took the wee prayer card off him and it was a picture of the three children of Fatima mm-hmm. uh, and, and a prayer, the angel's prayer, and a little bit about the, the miracle of Fatima. Okay. And I said to the child, oh, tell your granny thanks very much, mm-hmm. you know. So didn't think anything more until a couple of weeks later, another child in the class came up and said to me, Mr. Collins, my granny's going out to Fatima and she's going to pray for you. So I thought, I must look really depressed with all these grannies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, tell your granny thanks very much. You yeah. know? Right. And then at the end of September, I went on a, a, a retreat. It was a teacher's retreat. Uh, and uh, I was talking to an old retired teacher. Okay. And she says to me, do you know, you're teaching a P4 class. I've got a great book on teaching the Eucharist to eight-year-old children. So she says, give me your dress. And she opened up her handbag and she took out an envelope and she was writing my address down. And she says, do you know, isn't this a coincidence? This envelope is from Fatima. Have you ever heard of Fatima? 
I say it's funny. Yeah. You know, a couple yeah. of children in my class have yeah. just mentioned it recently, mm. you know. Mm. She used to say, so I'll send you a tape, uh, um, a cassette tape, on the story of Fatima. So the following week, the book didn't arrive, but the cassette tape on the story of Fatima arrived. And I listened to it, and it was a fascinating story. Mm. Once you got into the whole message of Fatima, about what happened, the whole series of events, the six months, you mm-hmm. know, I, I was just hooked, you know. Mm-hmm. So then, I used to go to, I would have gone to daily mass, you see, as well, mm-hmm. but because I was teaching, it would have been in the evening times, and not every parish had daily mass, so we go to different churches in Belfast, and a, a few nights after listening to the tape, I was in one church one night and the priest said Bill McCavanagh is going to give a slideshow on the story of Fatima and he says Fatima again mm-hmm. but it didn't go mm-hmm. another night different church and the priest at the end said Bill McCavanagh is going to give a slideshow on the story of Fatima. Somebody's trying to tell you something. It began to hit me there, you know. <laughs> but again, I didn't go. Because <laughs> I had my notes through for the next day. A third night it happened. <laughs> different church, different priest. And again, he said, Bill McAvaner wow. is going to give a slideshow story of Fatima. <laughs> so I said to myself, now look, I think God's definitely trying to tell me something so. here. Next time it happens, I'm going to go to the slideshow. But I can't go tonight, I said, because I'd arranged to go up to meet Fiona's mum and dad to see how Fiona was getting on in France. So I was walking out of the church, and a man, I don't even know who he was, he came over, and I remember him putting his hand on my arm, and he said, Do you know, Sonny, he said, you need to go to this talk it's going to be very useful for you. And I said, no, 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 because I don't like people putting mm. pressure on me, mm. you know. Mm. So I said, oh, no, no, sorry, I've got an appointment tonight. So I went out, and I remember putting the key into the lock, the, into the door of the car, and saying to myself, now, too many coincidences about yeah. mm. I think Our Lady wants me to go here. Mm. So I went to the talk, and it was fascinating. It was a... a a man called Bill McAvanagh, he was from West Belfast, and he had been to Fatima a, a lot of times, and he knew the story inside out, and he gave the talk. But he said something during the talk that really struck me. He said, if you pray to God through Our Lady of Fatima, no matter what your request is, it will be granted, or during your prayer you will discover what you should be praying for. No. And I came out of there and I said, right, Our Lady, I'm going to put you to the test here. That's this stuff, okay. I want... <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. You're not really supposed to uh, test out Our Lady, should uh, you? Not no, but anyway, not, but just in case, anyway. <laughs> when you're, so when said, you're in the pressure, go ahead. And I said, Our Lady, I'm going to start praying to God through you that Fiona says Yes to me okay so I started praying started saying the rosary uh, we make little sacrifices 
uh, say we live in North Belfast in a three-storey house with no central heating or anything like that, and it was really cold during November and December. And I used to get up in the middle of the night and kneel down at the side of the bed and saying, I'd like to the rosary at Fiona would say, yes. And Fiona came home that Christmas, wow. and I was glad to say... She hadn't met a French man. She hadn't met a French <laughs> So far, so, <laughs> so, far so good. And we continued on with the relationship. It was great. We chatted and she told me all the things that were happening in France. And we had a good time. Remember it snowed. That's right. And we went to mm-hmm. Bridge. Right. And you made a snowman. Mm-hmm. And I, I was in love with the art night, wasn't it? But anyway... Fiona went back. Now, sorry, were you aware of who's mm. testing that lady Not at this stage? At all. You didn't at know. At this stage, it. I was oblivious to everything. So you were off running your French. Both loose, fancy free after, in France. After you go. Enjoying life. Nice to see you, Ed. Good luck. Got yeah. some more stuff to do in France. Okay. Well, now. you know, John, if I had said to Fiona, do you know Fiona, I'm getting up at three o'clock in the morning saying, Dick, is the rosary? Yeah. You said, yes. He said, he's a, he's a weirdo. That's right. The white, <laughs> the white coat. Yeah. I would have lost mm-hmm. it completely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Fiona went back to France after Christmas and there was a wee bit of hope there that, you know, my prayer to God, to Our Lady of Fatima was working. And the other thing was Fiona was going to come back again in February okay. for her sister's wedding. Her younger sister was getting married. And it was also going to be Fiona's 21st birthday in March. Uh-huh. So I decided to get Fiona a really good present for her 21st birthday. And I went down to a jeweller's after Christmas and I said, I'm looking for you know, a nice present for my, my girlfriend's 21st birthday. And he produced these rings. And... There was a beautiful solitaire ring, which looked a wee bit like an engagement ring, but it wasn't. Mm. Mm. It was an eternity ring right. that okay. any girl would have loved for eternity. Okay. So I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know. This looking, is where I saw you looking into your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Very hard. So, uh, so I bought the ring. Okay. Drawn, and the jeweller says, "Now, what's her ring size?" And I says, oh, I don't know what her ring size is, but he gave me a little pink card, and he says, whenever your girlfriend comes back and you give her the ring, <laughs> bring this pink card and we'll size okay. it for free. So I was all delighted, and Fiona came home in February, went to the sister's wedding, it was great, and the following night, we went out for dinner, because she was going back to France then, you see, mm-hmm. and uh, we went out for dinner, and we went to a, a lovely little little place called Shaw's Bridge, and I can still picture Shaw's Bridge, and the moon was shining, and I remember the moon reflecting on the waters of the river as it went underneath the bridge, and we went out for a wee walk just along the river, and then went back to the car, and I had the ring all wrapped up in beautiful gold paper with a, a gold ribbon on it, and I sat in the car and I said, Fiona, you're going back to France tomorrow, and it's going to be your 21st birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got you a wee present just for your, your, your birthday. So I remember I took the, the box and I gave it to Fiona and I watched her face as she undid the ribbon. Right. And then she opened up the gold paper and then she opened up the gold box, looked at the ring inside and her face just dropped. Uh-oh. And she closed the box 
and gave it back to me and she says, Edmund, that is an engagement ring and I am not ready for engagement <laughs> or marriage or uh, anything like that. And my faith, John, was shattered. All the sacrifices, all the prayers went into that river in front of me, you know. And I was devastated because it was almost as if I'd been praying and making sacrifices, I'd been storming heaven, mm -hmm. and it hadn't worked, you know. It hadn't worked in that you didn't get what you wanted when you wanted it. Exactly. Okay. So Fiona went back to France. I was devastated. But I always remember Bill McAvanagh saying, keep praying until you discover what you should really be praying for. So in March, it was coming up to St. Patrick's Day, and I was being tormented. My love was going stronger and stronger. And Fiona's love for freedom, I suppose, was growing stronger too. And I knew... I couldn't go on like this. Mm. I was torturing myself and I said, I'll have to go over to France and have it out with Fiona once and for all. Does she want me or not? We would still have been writing to mm. each other. You know, Fiona's letters would have been, you know, I'm having a great time over here in France, you know. <laughs> My letters would have been, oh, Fiona, darling, I miss you so much. When are you coming home again? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I thought, I'll have to go over to France and have it out with Fiona. She was in a place called saint maxon le which is in the south-west of That's France. south-west. South-west of France. Okay. Now, I hate flying, but you, you know whenever you're in love, you will do anything, even climb Everest. Mm -hmm. Even if you have a fear of heights, you'll do anything mm -hmm. when you're in love. So I got a plane over to London, a plane from London to Paris, the train from Paris down to a place called Poitiers, booked in the hotel, and I haven't got any French on there again, you know, okay. I was just Holy Spirit, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. Next day, I got a train to San Mixon and gave Fiona the surprise of her life. Whenever I landed in San Mixon. <laughs> I say it. How did you get here? <laughs> I mean, we had a good few days we had a lovely time together. Fiona showed me the places and, and the friends and Sam makes on and all. But I always remember the train station at half six in the morning. Uh, I was going back up to Paris and we were standing on the platform. It was still dark and it was freezing as well. And I remember standing on the platform and I said, Fiona, you know, I'm going back home. You want your freedom. And I'm being eaten away here. It doesn't seem to be working. I think maybe we should finish. And Fiona said, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Oh, oh. Mm. That was a problem. It was a problem, John. I don't know whether you remember, there's a film called The Song of Bernadette. Mm -hmm. And during that film... The Bernadette has gone up to Nevers, to the convent in Nevers. She's been sent to the convent in Nevers, and her parish priest is coming out, and he sees her in the carriage, and he has a little prayer card, and he says to St. Bernadette, Bernadette, if you ever need me, just send that prayer card 
mm. and I'll know that you want to see me mm. recently. Mm. Well, I, I didn't have a prayer card, but I had the little pink card that the jeweler gave me, mm. you see? Mm. So I'm standing on the platform, the train station, Fiona's just said, I want my freedom, mm. and I said, I'm going to have to let you go, mm-hmm. and she agrees to that. So I took out my wallet and took the little pink card mm. and I said to Fiona, look Fiona, if you ever change your mind, whether it's one year, five years, ten years, mm. I will never stop loving you. All you have to do is just send that little pink card to me and I'll know what it means. Mm. So we hugged each other for the last time and I got on the train and there were tears in my eyes and a wave goodbye to Fiona and Fiona waved. Hi <laughs> 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 Ed. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> He's away. He's yeah. out of my eye. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and the emptiness though, John, that I felt yes. at that moment mm. was not only had I lost Fiona but in a kind of a way I'd lost God as well. I was just going to say, how was your faith now in this point? Yeah, devastating. Mm. It's not working. No, my faith, there is no God. Mm. He doesn't exist. He hasn't given you what he wants. Yeah, mm. he hasn't answered my prayer. Mm. That's it. And yet, deep down inside, there was, that, there was still that little word from Bill McAvaney, keep praying, keep praying. Don't give up. Wow. Mm. No matter how mm. dark, how deep things are, don't give up. So I went back and I just said to myself, right, I'll have to accept things the way they are and get on with my life. Mm. I'll keep praying until Our Lady sorts this out and lets me know what, what's going to happen. Mm. You know? So a few months later, I'm sitting at the breakfast table and I've just had my breakfast and my sister, my younger youngest sister in fact, she came in to the kitchen and she says, Edmund, here's a letter from France. Thought you and Fiona were finished. Hmm. And I tried to pretend to be macho, you know, and uh, cool and but my wee heart was palpitating because mm-hmm. I was wondering now what's what's <laughs> it's all over, but what's Fiona <laughs> sent me a letter for you know? Uh, so I just coolly got up out of the breakfast table and I says, oh, Philomena, I'll take that uh, letter. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, we're still friends, you know. And I went up the stairs to my bedroom, shaking away, wondering, what's this letter? And I remember standing in the bedroom and my hand shaking and I carefully opened up the letter and I never opened up the letter, out fell the little pink card. Wow. Mm. And there was one page of a letter mm. saying, Edmund, I've decided to commit myself to you. And I just remember kneeling down on the floor and throwing my arms up and praising God because not only had I received that pink card, mm. but the day I received that pink card was the 13th of May, the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Wow. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. But I realised yeah. at that moment, yes. at that moment, I realised 
that there really was a God. Okay. And Our Lady had been listening. He had been listening as well. She had taken my request to her son. Wow. And all the time, even though I realised or thought, no, he's not there, he's not listening, they were listening all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And it was, an, it was actually an extraordinary moment, John, you know? That just, when you're absolutely convinced mm. God is alive, yeah. he mm-hmm. is there, mm-hmm. he's listening to you, mm-hmm. it, was, it was an amazing moment. You know? And the 13th of May as well. Well, the other strange thing was, when you looked at Fiona's letter, she had written it on the 2nd of May, mm-hmm. but she hadn't posted it until the 6th of May. Okay. Which is... Which meant it would have been coming to If she had posted it on the 2nd, it wouldn't arrive on the 13th. Mm-hmm. And I remember mm-hmm. afterwards mm-hmm. saying to Fiona, well, why... Well, maybe you can explain. That's yeah. right. Everybody always asks me that question, yes. John. Yeah. Why yeah. did you Why? post it? Yeah. Well, I knew nothing about it. Or did it Fatima, first of all? Mm. Okay, so the date didn't mean anything to me. For years, I couldn't answer that question myself. Mm-hmm. And it's only after... I suppose I entered into a relationship with God myself and mm-hmm. I understood why and it was because Edmund I did love him but mm-hmm. I was nine years younger than him yeah, and I wanted yeah. my freedom and mm-hmm. freedom was a big thing to me mm-hmm. and still is to mm-hmm. a certain extent mm-hmm. but God wants us to be free and the fact that Edmund had said to me I will love you and yes. I, I love you I will always love you but I'm giving you your freedom mm-hmm. in the same way that God says that to us mm-hmm. you know I love you I will always love you and thank God for having the patience to mm. wait on us to turn yes. to him because mm. he waited a long time for me it mm. took me until mm. the age of 35 until I really discovered God, God. and entered oh, that's into, right. mm. into so that's so you really don't know you know between the second and the sixth why, if you just want to know it seems as you just posted it on the sixth I posted it without mm. any knowledge of dates or anything like that so what happened then we got married Ah, yeah. on the 9th of August 1986 that's right in fact it was the anniversary of, of, of internment and feel no <laughs> it was an amazing <laughs> is no this a coincidence again internment it was an amazing day because there were riots in the Falls Road see Fiona lived in a in a place called Twinbrook which is West Belfast West Belfast and um uh, I remember I had to collect my brother from the Falls Road mm. on my wedding day because he couldn't get out of his house because of the barricades and all. But I managed to get in, in through the barricades and the and the and, and, and the fires and all that. And I collected him and brought him up to to Twinbrook to St right. Luke's. And for for the wedding day it was a it was a great wedding day though so it was, was, wasn't it? It was a great day. <laughs> 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 I have to say that. Day, you have to say that. But we were still living from a faith point of view for a long time after that separate life. That's that's that's, yeah, what, you're that's, that's what I want to come to, yeah. right? So you uh, you weren't really aware no. of how strong his faith. And I couldn't put pressure on Fiona. Mm-hmm. I mean I was going to mass every day. The the good thing was though that Fiona never said to me don't you be going to yeah. Mass every mm-hmm. day, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say to Fiona, Fiona, you come to Mass with me every day, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just wondering, even neighbours would have known you going to Mass every day. Do you know yes. right? yeah. and, and sometimes people say, oh, look at him. 
he's going to mass every day. And would you have had that sort of pressure, like from maybe some of your neighbours saying, "Your husband's going to mass every day, are you?" Is he right? No, fine, fine, fine. Okay. So continuing on, you're living away the, your face in, in your own way, and you are too. And then there's something happened. We've been dad for about sixteen years, and oh. we were very happy. We used to go to France every year, as I love France, and Edmund developed a great love for France. Uh-huh. So Edmund would have gone to mass, as he says, every day, even on holiday. Even on holiday, gone to the hairdressers, to the shops. Very natural, John. Very natural. Very much so. We know our place. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. So then, after 16 years, there's something happened, okay, in terms of the faith. After 16 years, what happened? Well, Edmund was paying for me, first of all, all mm-hmm. along. All along, okay. I didn't okay. realise that. Okay. You know, and I'm sure now that that has had a great part to play in that. Mm. But one day, I saw an advert just in the parish bulletin mm. for life and the spirit seminars okay. and for some reason I was attracted to that mm. so I went to life and the spirit seminars I listened to people's testimonies I was just recalling that this evening mm-hmm. yes, thinking yeah. about that and I was very touched by them all and I knew enough from what I'd heard that God wants to give us everything you know and as a language teacher I teach French as well okay. the thing that really I really wanted was a gift of tongues but I knew God wanted to give me more than the gift of tongues. Uh-huh. So at the end of the six weeks in the Life and Spirit seminars, I said, while people were praying for me, Lord, give me the whole heap. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like it. And everybody laughed. You're, full, you're full of life for your life. <laughs> no, I went home after those seminars, singing every night, very happy. I didn't really know what it was. It was great. Now, but nothing happened. Was Ed with you at these seminars? No, seminar? I went on my own. What did you make of this when she went off to the seminars and come back? Or? Well, do, do you know, what, what gets me, John, is people have different personalities. Uh, and what attracts some people may not attract other uh, okay, people. Okay. So we all have our own way of getting closer to the Lord. Okay. And for Fiona, Fiona's an extrovert. Yeah. So being getting involved with the Life and the Spirit seminars was her way okay. of getting closer to the Lord, you know. So the life is, so you did six of these. So I did six of mm-hmm. those. But I suppose at the time I didn't realise that anything had happened. Physically I didn't feel anything, yeah. nothing changed. Nothing changed really in mm-hmm. my life. But I suppose that was a gateway yes. to my relationship with God, looking back. Oh, okay. okay. So after that then we still continued to go to France and in the year two thousand I invited my parents to come with me. Now, they're not great travellers. My okay. father's from the south of Ireland. Homely man, slippers at the fire, doesn't travel mm, mm, too much. Yeah, no yeah, place like yeah, home. Yeah, yes. So I, wa- I was so excited. I wanted to show them France and yes. you know let them taste the beautiful food and the wine mm-hmm. and just to immerse them a little bit yeah. and yes, to give them a little yes. bit of the love that I had and for what you had, yeah. So in 2000, they said they would come with us and I had a little book of family-run hotels, mm-hmm. and I looked it up because we'd been travelling around France mm-hmm. for about 16 years at this stage, so we practically knew everywhere, and mm-hmm. we really wanted to be more than just tourists. So okay. everywhere we had been before that, we started going into the state agents, mm-hmm. looking for a little place to buy. So anyway, my parents came over in the year 2000, and I had booked a hotel in a place called Cherol, never been before, it's in Burgundy, over mm-hmm. on the east side of France. And again, we just picked that because mm-hmm. we'd never been there before, quite randomly. 
And they arrived and we drove down to Shehol and it was lighting rain. It was a very, very bad storm. Mm. And we ended up in this hotel and the lady was quite strange. There was nobody about, thunder and lightning outside. There was a china cabinet with dolls in it and we're kind of looking like at us. It was strange. Cotton, it was a wee yeah. bit like an alpha fish cotton. <laughs> <laughs> the lady went off to get the key of the two rooms. Yeah. Four of us were left standing for about 20 minutes and she didn't come back. Nobody like about and it still continuing to mm-hmm. rain heavily outside. So I forget who it was now, but one of us said, I'm not staying here, I don't like the atmosphere. Yeah. And we hadn't paid any deposit or anything. Yeah. So we dashed outside into the car in the light and rain, yeah. didn't look behind us, and drove to the next town. Ah which happened to be Perry Lamonia, which is a place of the sacred heart. Yes. Which we didn't know anything about mm-hmm. either. So we stayed there, we went to the tourist office, got a hotel for the night, and we thought, well, this is a nice little place, you may as well stay mm-hmm. here now that we're here for the few days that my parents were with us. And again, we went in, just before we went off, we went into the state agents mm-hmm. and asked about the possibility of buying somewhere in the area. Mm-hmm. And the estate agent said, well, there is a little place coming up on the market. Give me your details and I'll contact you when the place comes on the market for sale. So that's the end of the first part of an interview that I recorded with Ed and Fiona Collins. We just ask you to join us for the finish of this wonderful story next week. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. Welcome back to Sacred Space. My name is Lorraine Buckley. Joining me in studio this morning are John and Anne Keeley. And we're going to reflect on our gospel. Unfortunately, John, as usual, we are rapidly running out of time. So I'm going to move to Anne and ask Anne to pray our prayer before reading and reflecting on sacred scripture. Please, Anne. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attemptly and humbly. We may, we may not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this water in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Anne. John, this morning's Gospel is the Gospel for the third Sunday in Ordinary Time. Can you read the Gospel first, please? Thanks, Amen. It's taken from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 4, verse 12 to 23. Hearing that John had been arrested, Jesus went back to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and settled in Capernaum, a lakeside town on the borders of Zebulun and Natali. In this way, the prophecy of Isaiah was to be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Natali, way of the sea and the far side of the Jordan, Galilee of the nations, the people that lived in darkness have seen a great light. On those who dwell in the land and shadow of death, a light is dawned. From that moment, 
Jesus began his, his preaching with the message, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were making a cast in the lake with their net. They were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Going on from there, he saw another pair of brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in their boat with their father Zebedee, mending the nets. And he called them. And at once, leaving the boat, their father, uh, leaving the boat and their father, they followed him. He went round the whole of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, <coughs> and curing all kinds of diseases and sickness among people. The Gospel Reflection, of course, you know, John, um, the first reading and the Gospel are usually linked. And again, it's the same. The first reading is from the prophet Isaiah. Um, It's a prophecy concerning the Messianic days. And it talks about liberty and joy and a light that was going to come into the world. And of course, the Gospel takes up that theme again. The prophet Isaiah announced a future liberation and we find this liberation in Jesus Christ. And Isaiah had used the image of light and darkness and again Matthew takes up that theme and uses the image of light and darkness. Of course God himself is the light. Jesus, the son of God made man, was the light that would come into the world, that would dispel the darkness and the slavery of sin that we found ourselves in. It's a light that illuminates, a light that enlightens, a light that defines things, that lets us see things as they really are. And it can be, you know, January is a very miserable month mm. for most people. Christmas was great. We probably spent too much and ate too much and drank too much or whatever. Mm. And then we come to January and we're still in the middle of winter and it's a horrible, cold, miserable mm. month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's when we are in the midst of darkness that light can have a real effect on us. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes it can be easy to get, you know, consumed by the darkness as well and that's why we're called to be lights for each other that's why towards the end of this particular gospel reading you might wonder why did they put so much of the gospel together in one chunk Mm. and I think it's because at the end of the gospel you have the call of the apostles and we are all called to be lights to each other we are all called to bring the Christ light to each other by loving each other by living our Christian vocation by helping each other by smiling at each other. You know, whatever simple ways it is we have of bringing the light of Christ. You know some people, and God loves them, but they always have the poor thing to say Mm -hmm. or they're always bringing doom and gloom. Let's make it our January resolution. Mm. For whatever's less than January, we've only a week left. Let us bring the light of Christ to others. Mm. Let's that be our vocation this week. Because if you think about it, there's so many people suffering out there, and they needn't be suffering because they hear these 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 nasty things, or bad things happening. And I suppose, in all fairness, now it's on the news or it's on, it's on the papers. There's no whatever you look, there's darkness. Mm-hmm. But as you just said, Jesus brought the good news and light into the world. Why don't we tell somebody about it? Definitely, mm. the people that lived in darkness have seen a great light. You've only got a few days left now, guys. <laughs> Of course, our saints and notices for this week, because unfortunately, again, we're running out of time. Catholic school weeks 
Scouts Catholics Schools Week starts today and okay. runs for a full week. Watch out for your local primary schools to see what's going on. Some schools have grandparent days. Some schools have little liturgies. Some schools send resources home. So just okay. keep an eye out for that. And any way that we can support our Catholic schools, let's do it. Of course, Saints for the Week, we have, as Shane would say, a lot of heavy hitters. And unfortunately, we don't have too much time to go into them. Monday, we have St. Angela Marici, founder of the Ursulines. Angela, when she was 56, said no to the Pope. Pope Clement asked her to take on um, a religious order of nursing sisters. Mm -hmm. She said no because she felt that the education of young women, which wasn't being provided at the time, was more important, and it was her vocation. On Tuesday, we have St. Thomas Aquinas, priest and doctor of the church, patron saint of universities and students. He was a big guy. He was indeed in many regards, and I have prayed often for St. Thomas Aquinas when I've been studying theology, but I'm sure he will... Clarify everything. Not a bad one, maybe. <laughs> maybe not a bad one now, maybe for students these mm. days. Absolutely. On Thursday, we have an Irish saint, Saint Aidan, um, who is associated with Fern's Diocese. On Friday, we have a great saint, Saint John Bosco, mm. founder of the Salesians. Good morning to our Salesian listeners and friends this morning. Mm-hmm. And of course, on Saturday, we have a huge Irish saint, Saint Bridget, the abbess and secondary patron of Ireland. A couple of notices before we finish, John, today. We have a celebration of light for those bereaved by suicide in Newcastle West Church. That's Sunday, January 26th at 4pm. Everyone is welcome to attend. Let our loved ones rest in peace. For St. Bridget's Day, um, on the day before St. Bridget's Day, there is... Excuse me. You can celebrate St. Bridget's Day at the Desmond Hall by learning how to make different types of St. Bridget's crosses and hearing about the traditional customs and folklore associated with St. Bridget. That's 7pm, Friday, 31st of January in the Desmond Hall in the Square in Newcastle West. And of course, on St. Bridget's Day, 7.45pm at St. Bridget's Well in Shanagarry, there are the customary uh, celebrations there, Rosary by Candlelight. God bless my wife, Anne. She was trying to get me to do Bridges Crosses last year. <laughs> and I failed to get there, didn't I? But f- so that about brings us to the end of the programme. It does indeed. Of course, stay tuned next week for the second part of that interview with Ed. And Ed tells us next week, actually, uh, you know, he said his really theme is to the heart of Jesus through Mary. A wonderful little end to Beautiful. it. Beautiful. So we look forward to that. And also um, a colleague of ours is coming to join us next week. Um, Geraldine Geraldine Creighton. Creighton, And she's going to share gospel reflection because Lorraine's off on a junket. (laughs) I am not. I am studying junkie. (laughs) Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us this morning. Um, Thanks to Anne. And for Ryan, and thanks to you all, and especially for Shane, because Shane is doing so much work up there on the blog. Um, I don't know how the guy does it, but I, he's getting close to 400,000 hits now. At That's the moment, incredible. I think. Well done, Shane. Very you, Shane. Anyway, we'll continue on with that bit of music that we had just before um, we went for our break early on. Uh, a bit of Taze music, and it's all about today's really, it's all about the light. And it is entitled... The Lord is my light. The Lord is my light. You, they've only got a few more days left, is that right, at the end of January? Absolutely. Make it the rest of your January resolution. Bring Christ's light to others. Let's go for it.
Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.